I greet you in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God of life, as we prepare for worship today, help us not to take lightly the highly charged message we proclaim. Help us to sense the power, the beauty, and the mission of your Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As a call to worship this morning, come, Holy Spirit, enter our silences. Come, Holy Spirit, into the depths of our longing. Enter our trusting. Enter our fearing. Enter our letting go. Enter our holding back. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. I'm reminded of a song that we sing when we are together. Be still for the presence of the Lord. The Holy One is here. And may it be for each and every one of us that we will know that presence of the Lord the Holy One, with us. Let us pray. Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, we come to share this time with you. You have formed us, you who have claimed us. We celebrate your redeeming life. Bring us to life today as a resurrected people, born again, to service in Christ's love. Amen. Each and every one who is gathering with us, I am the Reverend Natalie Angela Barnard from St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Cape Town. St. Andrew's is a member of the Uniting Presbyterian Church in Southern Africa. Loving Lord, may your written word, spoken and read, Lead us to an encounter with you, the living word. Amen. Our first reading is from Psalms 116, verses 1 to 2, and then from verses 12 to 19. The heading of the psalm says, I love the Lord. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. Verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, precious in the sight of the Lord of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant, I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, 
in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Amen. The psalm speaks of joy, joy at having been delivered by God. And this is a response of someone who has been brought to the brink. But then, when all seemed lost, God's provision was present. And so the sense of thankfulness is deeply present in this psalm. The sense that all is owed to God is very real. The sense of regret that the number of those who truly understand God's ways is diminishing, is tangible. And the sense of renewed commitment is there. Psalms of this nature were were probably used during temple ritual, possibly just before the sacrifices of a thank offering. And this particular psalm is most likely an individual thanksgiving and was associated with restoration of good health. We remember that disease at that time could often be an isolating reality, And for the people then, it was a sign of God's displeasure and because of its potential for exclusion could be viewed as a mini-death. Therefore, the response to healing was more profoundly experienced than is perhaps the case in our own time. But I think now, at the present time, we can so understand what this means because As soon as we contract the virus, COVID-19, we have to be isolated from people. And also, we have to keep social distancing. There is this separation, and we can relate to the psalm writer in the joy of being healed. What joy and praise and honor to our God when one of our loved ones, one of our friends, those we know have been healed from COVID-19. Our second reading today is Romans 5, verses 1 to 8. The heading of Romans 5 is Peace with God through Faith. Chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Therefore, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace, in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us 
in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen. I read a bit further on to verse 11. Sometimes I get overexcited about the word and can't stop. The next reading will be Matthew 9. But let's just look a bit at what is happening here in Romans 5. The Romans passage is the one which speaks most directly to the understanding of God's actions and calls us to recognize that in all aspects of our life, God's grace is moving. In verse 3, we also boast of our troubles because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance brings God's approval and his approval creates hope. I think for all of us, we know that in times of trouble, that we, we depend and we trust in God's grace to bring us through our trials and tribulations and our sufferings. Again, this thought is contrary to popular religious beliefs and the idea of a God who journeys and works creatively through our difficulties and suffering is not something that everyone wants to accept readily. And this is why the gospel was such a radical message, because it redefined how we see the world and measure ourselves within it. Matthew 9, verse 35. The heading is, The harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We continue with chapter 10, verse 1. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these, first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian and Jesus Iscariot who betrayed him. These twelve 
Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold, nor silver, nor copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff for the laborer. Deserves, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Amen. The Jesus we meet in Matthew's Gospel is presented initially as the teacher, and chapters 5 to 7 is primarily about Jesus interpreting God's will to the disciples. And then in chapter 8, when Jesus came down from the hill and the crowds followed him, the record of his healing ministry is presented to us. So by the time we reach the passage we are looking at today, what we hear and realize is that such a ministry is almost overwhelming. And his decision to enlist the help of his disciples at this stage just makes sense. Their reach is to be within the confines of the lost sheep, the people of Israel. And this is very much in keeping with Matthew's issues of needing to ensure that the people of Israel understand that this Jesus belongs to them and speaks to them. It is only after the Great Commission that the Gospel goes beyond of what Matthew is speaking about here in what we're reading today. Just as in the time of Jesus where things seemed very overwhelming, we today live in a society and indeed in a world where overwhelming issues seem to be the reality. In South Africa, the health system is groaning under the burden of trying to provide services for the majority of the population. And specifically now with COVID-19, the health system is under strain, even though the health department is doing everything in their power to provide for what is needed. Because medical services are understaffed and under-resourced, those who find themselves in need discover quickly that they are part of the marginalized community as they sit on interminable waiting lists which may or may not result in treatment of their disease. And even in this time of COVID-19, even though there is provision 
for everyone. There will be those who will be able to go to a private hospital and there will be those who will have to wait for their treatment or not receive the treatment um, that is needed because of resources and availability. So hopelessness and desperation become real and we have seen in in recent years and even now the way many have flocked to the specious arenas of hope where showmen, preachers dazzle with resurrection performance among the many healing and deliverance miracles. Make no mistake, we do believe in miracles and we do believe that God still um, performs miracles today. The reaction of Jesus is very real when he looks at the crowds and is filled with pity for them because they were worried and they were helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And his response is to equip those who are committed to him to engage in the tangible work of fathering the kingdom through healing those who are broken. In our past, as faith communities, we have been responsible for founding health care in places where it was not available to broader communities. We have been responsible for offering education where it was denied. In recent years, we have seen the growth of preschool facilities attached to churches. What is it that limits our vision now? Certainly within our new democracy, there is an attempt to right the wrongs of the past. And much legislation has been passed that seeks to regulate systems so that quality can be brought to all. But the study of recent history does seem to suggest that this has restricted the ability of many NPO, PBO and FBOs to tackle adequately the task of creative response to social ills. But again, as we look at our scripture, all the writings are written at moments in history when solutions seemed impossible. And as believers, we are reminded that this moment is like no other, and yet at the same time, there is nothing new under the sky. People of faith are always called to hope and to respond to the call to life. South Africa, better or worse than before, or just different, requiring us to respond to the failings of this moment with creativity and gospel hope. What I'm trying to say is that the social differences have always been here. But with COVID-19, it has been exposed. So many things have been exposed. And we are, it is kind of in our face but what are we going to do about it as believers? The gospel also speaks to those who are sent out in his name, those who have received without paying and are then exhorted to give without being paid in Matthew 10 verse 8. 
in a world which was economically deeply divided, much as our own today, this injunction offers deep challenge. And within the South African context, the role of volunteerism has in the past been heavily debated. But in our present context, internships are sought after. But what are many of them except job experience without offering employment? Yet the words of Jesus still call us to offer ourselves freely to what, to that which will bring healing and life in hopeless places. And since, as individuals, the free offering is often too crippling, we need to look at how, as faith communities, we can be the respondents to the call of Jesus. And many communities do this through things like soup kitchens, preschool programs, homework clubs, um, reaching out to people at the moment who do not have an income with food parcels or even finances. If we are to showcase the gospel, we need to focus on Jesus' deep understanding of the human psyche. He sees that life is difficult for many. Jesus today sees that life is difficult for many. And there are few solutions and limited options. The solution that Jesus has is to mobilize those who have been exposed to his teaching and practices, people shaped by his compassion and insight. The task for them is not overwhelming as he himself places the limitations. So if you are thinking, what can I do in a world that is so overwhelmingly desperate in so many areas? We are asked to do something. And as we are guided by the voice of the Holy Spirit and the prompting, we will know where God is leading us to and where God is guiding us to. And do that what we can. We can't feed everyone. We can't provide financially for everyone. But we can do something. We can support organizations if we cannot ourselves do something. We can help with food parcels. We can practically um, ask organizations where they and how they need support. Obviously, with social distancing, we have to take that into account. But we can do something. And we also need to set limitations on ourselves because we need to continue to serve Christ. While all the passages speak to the nature of God, there's a real coming together of an incarnational theology in the Gospels as Jesus shows God's will in action through the commitment of people of faith. Alone we can, we can do so little, but together, with each other united, we can do so much. Impossible obstacles can be overcome 
when those who understand the life-giving nature of God work together within their sphere of influence to bring the kingdom of God closer. God's love and his interaction with us also includes a deep trust in us to fulfill the vision of the kingdom. If we bring the Romans passage into the equation, we see that there is an acknowledgement that the process of adhering to the gospel call will not be an easy solution to all of life's woes. And we need to realize if we are not to be naive about what might happen if we are to be obedient. God's work ultimately brings life, but it is not the quick fix that we have come to expect. Taken as a whole, what we have read is clear. God's will for us in God's time proves God's promise. We are invited to be involved in the process, but we are clearly not in control of the process. In all the inequality of where we are today, taking everything into consideration, there is one thing that we truly have in common, and that is that all of us, all of us are fragile. All of us need the saving grace of our Lord. All of us in our fragile state have the ability to reach out to one another. A very touching experience for me is when we go into the township to deliver the food parcels. We have heard that and know for a fact that the little we give to one family is shared with many others. May God have mercy upon us as we in our fragile state reach out to others and embrace those who need Christ as their Lord and Savior. Let us go beyond. Let us go beyond of our own circle of believers and reach out to those who might not even know the loving touch of Christ. Alone we cannot achieve much, but with God and with others we can. The nature of God is life-giving and we need to be part of the movement of civil society that seeks to offer life in dark places. Civil society organizations have made enormous strides in improving many dark situations within our context. We only have to be aware of the work of the Treatment Action Campaign, which helped turn the tide in the medical treatment of those living with HIV and AIDS. 
And just like them, there are so many organizations who are reaching out today to feed those who are hungry. There are churches who are initiating food relief drives. Open your eyes and find a place where you can serve and where you can bring life in places that is dark. Amen. As we respond to God's word, we continue to worship God by bringing our offering and we do that online. And uh, we pray for the offering as well and we confirm our faith today. We believe in a loving God whose word sustains our lives and the work of our hands in the universe. God is life. We believe in God's Son among us, who brought the seed of life's renewal. Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe in the Spirit of life, who makes us one with God, whose strength and energy renews our own. The Spirit is love. Hallelujah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise your name. We come with thanksgiving today, Lord, that you have allowed us to wake up this morning to be able to worship you. Thank you, Lord, that we are hearing news of friends and family and loved ones who have been healed from COVID-19. We pray for those who have lost loved ones due to COVID-19. O oh Lord, may your comfort, your peace, and your love and your embrace bring them through their grieving. We ask, Lord, that as we come to Give thanks and intercede for those who are suffering the loss of others. We pray that you will bless this offering for the sake of your kingdom. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you overflow with love and hope. Thanks be to God. Remember that the harvest of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Spirit is our source of life. Let us therefore walk in the Spirit. Amen. May God's blessings surround you each day. Just trust Him and walk in His ways. May His blessings guard and keep you always. Go in peace, go in joy, go in love. Amen. <laughs>